the conclusion of Rahul Gandhi's Bharat Jodo Yatra gives us the excuse or the reason to visit national politics, this time from the opposition's point of view or from the Congress party's point of view. Has it been a success for him? Has it been a failure? Will it increase his support base? Will it, will it give strength to his party? Will it improve his electoral prospects? So all those are the key issues. So we'll talk about those. We'll talk about the good news first. I'll give you 10 points which look like the good news and then fasten seat belts. I will tell you, I will tell you the bad news as well. So you can call it good news, bad news. You can call it negative, positives, negatives. You can call it, you can call it opportunities, challenges, etc., etc. But that's what we do in Cut the Clutter. So, you saw the grand finale in Srinagar, you saw the snowfall, it, it was quite a sort of stirring set of visuals. In fact, if you looked at those from a distance, it would make you shiver a little bit because you will start feeling cold. That was the visual effect. So, it was quite dramatic, those visuals. Now, what is it that Rahul Gandhi has achieved? I told you, I'll first give you the positives. This is analysis. This is not opinion. I will give you my analytical points on what possibly the Yatra has achieved and that is 10 points and that is irrespective of whether you are a Congress voter or a Congress hater. So number one, he has, he has succeeded in shedding his reluctant politician tag. Otherwise, it was all, he was always seen to be somebody who came in like an item number, who appeared in some place, right? Did his little stuff, little jig and then disappeared for many days and reputedly overseas. That has now gone. He stayed in India for a long period of time and he's done one thing consistently, one political thing consistently for a very long time. That's a big change. So one, he has shed the reluctant politician tag and the other side of the same, of the same point is that he, he has now shown his supporters and his opponents that he can slog for a cause, right? So that's a positive for him. Number two, his march, his yatra has motivated the Congress party. Prashant Kishore, the former poll expert who's now been doing his own Padyatra in Bihar, he had once raised a question, if I remember correctly, in our off-the-cuff interview with me and Ilam Pandey, where he had said that, look at Congress party, they have not launched any movement in a long time, right? A political party must launch movements to rally its support base, to rally its ideology, etc. In this case, Rahul Gandhi has done it, precisely that, and in, in that process, he's motivated his Congress party. Number three, and I consider that most significant. Now, whether it works electorally or not, I will tell you both views in a couple of minutes. But he has laid down ideological terms or ideological framework for the Congress to fight Narendra Modi and BJP. And this ideological framework is more an, on secular communal basis, also more on left of center economics and right of center economics basis. Number four, anti-Modi tent. What he's done is, in the he's expanded the anti-Modi tent. Some parties have joined him here and there, some haven't. But basically, anti-Modi tent has been expanded, within which he has emerged as the main challenger. Number five, he's brought the family back on center stage. It looked like, again and again, Repeatedly, the Congress party was now sort of receding. Nambalikarjun Khadge had become the party chief and slowly Congress party, Congress family, Congress party will be on its own and the Gandhi family will recede in the background. Or, or maybe being like silent shareholders, letting the CEOs or the management run the company. Nothing of the sort. Gandhi family is now back in the reckoning fully. Number six, 
by giving these interviews to YouTubers, other young influencers, etc., he has tried to cut into the educated, upwardly mobile young. Now, that is a very important point, and I will come to that in just a little bit when we start picking up some evidence and some data from the latest India Today Mood of the Nation poll on what the young in India are thinking. That's where it's very significant from his point of view that he's tried to connect with this upwardly mobile young crowd. In this at a time when jobs are a big problem and, by, and while Narendra Modi stays very popular, jobs seems to be his biggest failure. Once again, is Rahul Gandhi too ideological to reach out to them? That we'll know in the course of time and that's the reason I said to you just a while back that ideology, setting up, setting up the terms of engagement with, with your opponents. In this case, it's a very powerful opponent like Narendra Modi to set your terms of engagement with him purely in ideological terms can have risks. Number seven, Kashmir. By going to Kashmir, by unfurling the tricolor at Lal Chowk, he has de-demonized his own party and family's history to the extent possible because haters will hate, admirers will admire. This is a polarized country right now, as most, most countries are, in fact, most democracies are. So those who, those who believe that everything that's gone wrong, wrong in Kashmir is because of some member of the Nehru Gandhi dynasty, they will continue to believe so. But for him to go to Lal Chowk, unfurl the national flag and to stand there and to stand there and be careful about how he has posited the Kashmir issue. For example, he's talked about restoring statehood. Nobody can question that. He's talked about also protecting local jobs and local people's land. Now, that was a tricky area. That's where you see in one of the videos when he's asked if he will reverse the laws passed by the BJP, he's turned to Jairam Ramesh and he said, uh, Jairam, what is our view on this? Right? Because he wants to be careful and you can see that he's, he's, he's walking on very thin ice there because he, cannot, because he doesn't want to say that he's going to restore any of these substantive changes like making Article 370 ineffective or more or less for all practical purposes abrogating it without actually abrogating it literally. Right? He's not going against that. So what he's done is within, within his party, a few people in this party have said if they come back, they might restore Article 370. So he has completely defanged that. And while it might have disappointed some of his supporters in the ultra-liberal crowd and also maybe disappointed some of the Kashmiri politicians, the Mufti family and the Abdullah family who both sort of supported his yatra. But he has made no adverse comment on Article 370 at all. So once again, the indication is Whatever has happened has happened. Whatever has happened has happened for the good. Somebody has done it. I'll not talk about it. Let it be. I'll live with it. Then in Kashmir itself, he has, he has projected himself as a Kashmiri. So he has said, I've come back as a son of Kashmir. And there's a quote from him where he says, The administration warned me if I walk, some people might throw grenades at me. So I am just going home amidst my family. Those who hate me want my t-shirt to turn to red. But Gandhiji taught us to live without fear. So that is again a very interesting way to formulate your politics. In Kashmir, without being ultra-liberal or without taking a position that will irritate the nationalist constituency. If anything, if anything, this visit and this unfurling of the tricolor 
at Lal Chowk is an endorsement of the changes that, that have taken place in Kashmir. Because in the past, when Congress and other so-called secular parties were in power, secular alliances were in power, it, were the, it was the BJP leaders who to display their defiance would say, I am going to Lal Chowk to unfurl the national flag. Remember the famous Murli Manohar Joshi expedition? In fact, we have a picture of that expedition on the walls of the print newsroom or like a little museum of Indian political history. And you will see one of those pictures taken by Praveen Jain, our photo editor. That picture has not only Murli Manohar Joshi unfurling the flag, but also has a very young Narendra Modi standing next to him. It was probably among the first public appearances that where Narendra Modi became a prominent figure. So I'm sharing I'm sharing that picture from our walls on your screen. So please watch that picture. Now, the Congress leader has gone and done it. He has not done it in defiance of the government of the day to say that you can't do it, I'm going to do it. He's now saying that I'm doing it. Of course, my message is different of peace and brotherhood, etc., etc. But he's doing the same thing. So to me, if I look at the Kashmir issue, within our internal politics, Kashmir issue is settled with this. Now, Kashmir issue between India and Pakistan may not be settled for my generation and three more generations after that. I don't know. But as far as our internal politics is concerned, Kashmir issue is now settled. So nobody is going to reverse any of the changes made in Kashmir. Nobody is going to make a political issue of it. Number eight, he has brought back focus on his family's sacrifices. Right? Once again, this talk of my opponents, my haters want my t-shirt, my white t-shirt to turn red, etc. He has brought back the memories of the sacrifices of his own family, of his own earlier generations. So that is a move forward in his politics. Number nine, he has said those who perpetuate violence like Modi, Amit Shah, Doval, right? And then he says, he says, he knows exactly how the families of Pulwama martyrs feel. Now, why is he saying that? Because he sees himself also and he wants his voters to see him also as somebody from the family of martyrs. So, I thought, and this is opinion, I thought, okay, in politics you, oppose, you, you attack Prime Minister, Home Minister, etc. But you attack the National Security Advisor who has been a career intelligence, intelligence officer and who actually became DIB, Directed Intelligence Bureau, under the UPA, under Congress party. To attack him, I thought, was crossing the line a little bit, but I am just splicing in a little bit of opinion in what is pure analysis, pure dispassionate analysis. And finally, number 10, what he's done is, while Ahmadi Party, TMC, JDU, who are all opposition parties, JDU is also a partner of sorts, in Bihar, they did not join in the march. But the fact is that the fact is that you can see why they did not, because each one of these is led by a prime ministership contender or a contender for the position of being the preeminent challenger to Narendra Modi. So you can see why they didn't want to join in. But the fact is that with this Bharat Joda Yatra, Rahul Gandhi has set himself apart from all these other pretenders to being challengers to Narendra Modi. He's put himself in a different category and above them. So that is the 10th big gain for him from Bharat Jodo Yatra. Now let me give you the bad news. The bad news or the threats. So if you are the corporate type or you like sort of corporate jargon, I can say see it as SWOT analysis. Although I don't like that expression very much, I also don't like corporate acronyms etc. too much. I find them boring and overused. Nevertheless, 
if you, if you find it easier to understand this like that, then say what we've discussed so far is strength and opportunities. And I will add to that one more thing. Remember when we were talking about his reaching out to the young, reaching out to the upwardly mobile, aspirational Indian young, I told you there is something, there is something in the data that tells us why this is significant. And that something is, and this is according to the latest India Today Mode of the Nation poll. The very important 18 to 34 age group, 58%, 58%. It's a lot in an opinion poll in India. 58% think that job situation is very seriously bad in India. And 58% of the Indians in the 18 to 34 age group, all of whom will vote in the next election, right? And many others in their wake will vote or be inspired by them. 58% of them think that the job situation is very bad for all age groups in India, not just for themselves. And that is something that Narendra Modi has to worry about. And that is something that might be an opportunity for Rahul Gandhi if he can, if he can reach out and connect with this demographic and make impact and maybe persuade them into believing that he will improve the job situation. The second thing is, again, if you look at the India Today Mood of the Nation poll, 18 to 24 year demographic, 41% people think that Congress is doing well wherever it is. 41%, that's very high, given that overall ratings of the Congress are very poor. But in this demographic, 18 to 24, 41% think Congress is doing well, which again is something that Narendra Modi needs to think about and which again opens some opportunities for Rahul Gandhi. Having said that, there are many problems also. And the biggest problem is that if you look at, again, this Mood of the Nation poll, it's amazing. It's amazing and it's incredible how stable India's basic politics has been. How stable or let me say, how ossified has India's politics been? I don't remember India's politics having been like that in the past, say, 30 years, because every six months, three months, something or the other changes. In this case, everything remains about the same. So if you see the overall numbers, even now the overall numbers, NDA, although NDA is much smaller than before, even now NDA will get 298 seats, right? Even now BJP will get 284 seats. In fact, if you look at the trend line, of India Today Mood of the Nation polls, going back to the 2019 election, 2019 BJP got 303 seats, then the next Mood of the Nation poll, Jan 2020, said 271, then 271, 283, 291, 269, 271, 283, back to 284, which means, which means for three and a half years now, for three and a half years, BJP's number has remained about the same a comfortable majority. Now that means that everything the opposition has done, including this Yatra now, has not been able to make any dent there. There's a little difference in the Congress. From 52, looks like it now gets to 68, but that really is not good enough. Because once again, another data point in this poll, which tells you how ossified India's politics is, that even with these seats, while BJP gets maybe a few seats le less than before, Congress gets a few seats more than before, all these few more and fewer less are in low two figures, right? In spite of that, while the Congress's vote percentage goes up from 20 to 22%, just by 2%, BJP's also goes up by 37 to 39%. So it is that frozen politics. Look at, look at other data. Modi's performance, it is 72%. It has generally remained 
positive 72% remain in the same in the same ballpark similarly those who think his performance is poor the peak was in august 22 26% now it's again back to the usual ballpark of 13 to 16% so it is now 16% who's most suited to be pm narendra modi 52% rahul gandhi 14% so again there is a gap of 39 points but there is an interesting small factoid that for the first time in this ranking which is who's most who's most suitable to be india's prime minister rahul gandhi has got himself into double figures so far he was 7% 8% 9% now it is 14% so while looking at the negatives and threats one of the issues is how many people think that rahul is the most likely or the most worthy leader to lead an opposition coalition against narendra modi and that's where rahul does very badly in spite of the yatra so that's where arvind kejriwal is still at the top 24% he's been mostly stable 27 24 like that mamta banerjee is number 2 at 20 and then rahul gandhi at 13 so maybe that tells you that while he's done this yatra so far so good he started very late and he has a lot of making up to do and that's why we have to see what he does next after this so if you also see the see the question of what people think his yatra will achieve 37 percent think that yatra has created a buzz but won't bring any electoral benefits so there is great skepticism about how do you translate anything that the congress does into electoral benefits because the gap between the congress and the bjp where it's congress versus the bjp in a constituency is really very high skepticism about it at popular levels is understandable 29% think it was a great exercise for mass connect 13% think it has recharged rahul gandhi it has relaunched rahul gandhi so overall these these views again india today mood of the nation poll are positive but again those big figures that the bjp's overall numbers remain the same ossified cast in stone narendra modi's popularity remains the same ossified cast in stone the trust in Narendra Modi, ossified, cast in stone. Skepticism about Rahul Gandhi and Cong Congress party, ossified, cast in stone. So once again, this Bharat Jodo Yatra has made a difference. I have listed 10 of those points for you. I am sure there are many more that you can write to me about or may many negatives that you can write to me about. At the same time, I have also tried to explain to you the formidable nature of the challenge there and also how challenging it seems to be to even dent Narendra Modi and his politics even a little bit at the national level. That's why in conclusion, if you are looking at the picture in terms of Congress party, Rahul Gandhi and their prospects in 2024, I would say now this Yatra is over, the next stop is Karnataka elections. In fact, even the India Today Mood of the Nation polls shows that Karnataka is a state where if elections were held today, BJP will lose a bunch of Lok Sabha seats. They had a clean sweep the last time, right? So in that state, if the Congress party is able to do well, which means winning in the state, because today the odds seem to be in their favor, then they will get more tailwind behind them. And that's why you expect the BJP to really fight like hell in Karnataka to retain the state.